what rest can look like in a creative sense, in a sensory sense, in an emotional sense, in a sense that is just more expanded upon. You're listening to the Not Yet Podcast, a bi-weekly show exploring the relationship between creativity and spirituality. I'm your host, Paige Polk, an Emmy Award-winning experience director, helping you honor the dreams you have for yourself and your community. You're in the right place if you have the courage to believe in a world you haven't yet seen. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Okay, almost. Let's almost start the show. Before we get into this super juicy episode with Annika Hanstein Izora, I'm letting you know that I want to see you this Sunday, March 5th, at our free How to Reimagine workshop through Not Yet. This self trust workshop is for creators on a spiritual journey, and you're going to reflect on the power, purpose, and process of reimagining in your life. You're also going to connect with other mindful creators in a community setting and build tools to lean into self trust, realizing your life from a place of clarity. You can find out more information and grab your free ticket at notyetseries.com. Now, let's get back to Annika. Welcome back to the Not Yet Podcast. I'm here with a very special guest who I can't see right now, but I'm sure is wearing something very bright. Am I right? Yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Got it, exactly. Um, their name is Annika Hanstein Izora. Hey, Annika. Hello, Paige. Uh, it's nice to be back on these internet streets with you. Same. To, to be, uh, to give a little bit of a black and white version of Annika. Annika is a writer and multidisciplinary artist that uses art to explore praxis of tenderness, care, and queer black futurity. They are the author of Tenderness and ex- Exploration and Meditation on the Ways We Can Better Tend to Ourselves and Each Other. Oh. Wow. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so grateful. And I also love how short and sweet your bio is. (laughs) Thank you. I try and keep it succinct despite the many different things that I'm doing. I'm like, okay, how can I just (laughs) wrap this up nicely? Yeah, it's very much in a nice bow. And it also it it teases you a little bit. It's a little flirty because it's like there's profundity here. Just wait. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to dive into it today. Um, so to start us off, can you tell me, like, imagine you've never met me. We're at the park. And we're like, oh my gosh, your fit is fly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, your fit is also fly. <laughs> Who are you? What would you answer? Mm, I love that that is the scenario because that really feels like where we would be rooted. Okay. (laughs) I would tell you that I'm a multidisciplinary artist and writer and designer that is on a lifelong journey of exploring the online and IRL world through a radical somatic communal care centered lens absolutely yes (laughs) thank you yeah Um, when I reached out to talk to you actually the first time I reached out to talk to you it was to explore the connection between creativity and spirituality Mm -hmm. 
And the timing wasn't right on that. However, the topic still fit. And when the timing was better, I was going to reach out to talk to you about the same topic. Mm. But it, my brain and my body were like, mm, let's switch it up again because life is different now. Yes. And I really felt called to speak with you about the cycle of the creative process. Mm. You hold so many spaces and create so many spaces that promote and celebrate creativity. So I imagine you're very familiar with the process, even if you haven't articulated it. And who who do I know? Maybe you have articulated <laughs> it. Maybe you sat down and been like, this is step one. This is step <laughs> X. Uh, but I'm curious and I'm curious. Um, I'm curious about what you think is the very first step when it comes to creativity? Mm, I'm thinking of, yeah, that very first step. I actually, you're, you're right. I have not sat down and been like, okay, what are every single step to a creative process? What is that like? But I feel like that very first step is really recognizing an idea as something that can be brought to the real world like really like holding like the potential of a thought as something that can be birthed out into the world and I'm saying that as a heavy daydreamer like I feel like so much of my brain space is in the realm of fantasy and just daydreams and things of that kind of nature and I think where creative power steps into play is when I'm like oh that isn't just a fantasy or just I don't know, an unimportant thought that's actually the potential for something that I could play with or mess around with or create from. So I think just recognizing that thought as creative potential is step number one. I love that phrase, holding the potential. Because mm. it does feel like energy. Mm-hmm. Like I feel Absolutely. like I'm Storm or something. And yes. And all of the, all of the energy and the potential exists and it's just about tapping into it and recognizing that, oh, these docs can be connected. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like that as a first step and it also feels like the last step. Hmm. Say more. I'm curious. Yeah. So when I think about when I've created anything, whether it is like before we sat down to talk today, I was like, let's, let's create a vibe. Cause I need to like mm. calm my brain down a bit. So I lit some candles. I got some water and I was like, all right, this is going to hold me today. Mm -hmm. And we haven't gotten to the end of this podcast recording. Um, anything is possible. But mm -hmm. what I imagine is that when we're done, I'll close my laptop, I'll blow out my candle, my water will have been finished, 
but I'll still go and put my cup away. And so the remnants of the space that I created, I still have to come to terms with Hmm. ending. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I began with is also the thing that I end with. Hmm. I love that. It's like, it kind of is speaking to like the ever looping nature of creativity, like one pool just pulls into another, which pulls into another. It's always this cyclical nature that's always returning back. It is cyclical, which leads me to my next question, which is all about rest. Mm. All about rest. It can be so easy to keep going because creativity is so cyclical in nature. Um, and I feel like you are the person to talk about why rest and perspective is essential in this process. Mm. So would the question be like, could you restate the question actually? For me? Absolutely. Yeah. Why are rest and perspective? essential to the creative process Mm, I feel like I want to answer that by stepping back into how I understand creativity like when I talk about creativity what am I talking about and I feel like it's going to be very similar to how you see it Paige but curious what you think as well but for me creativity is alchemizing spirit which can be however one understands spirit maybe that's love maybe that's energy maybe that's god however that speaks to someone for me i just understand that as spirit but for me creativity is alchemizing spirit into something tangible something that i can interact with in my day-to-day world And I think when people think of creativity, they might think of a finished art piece, a photograph, a film. But to me, creativity can be the way I made my toast this morning. It can be the way that I decide to step out for the day. It can be just a a lens that I decide to take when taking a walk outside. So when I think about the connection between rest and creativity, I think rest is a clarifier. It's like the ultimate clarifier that helps one really root into their values and really root into seeing all of the different depths of one's spirit. I feel so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so happy my body wants to do so much at one time (laughs) oh my god yeah it's like I want to cry and I want to laugh and I want to smile and I want to hug you all at the same time yes oh my god (laughs) yeah um well shortly I do feel similarly um I love the word alchemize Mm. uh and I I speak to the creative process because process feels like it is inherently part of creativity for me. It is never mm-hmm. done. Uh, I was actually really impressed that you were able to come up with a beginning. 
like, oh, great. Let's see if Annika has an answer to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's never done. It always is. And it is, for me, a space of experiencing and contributing simultaneously. Um, mm. I love that contributing simultaneously. It's so interesting because I feel like I feel like process can be thought of as this kind of dry aspect of creativity, right? Like it's the not fun part, but really that is the arena where you can really look to process as devotion in a way like what does it look like to be devoted to your creativity that's outside the lens of capitalism that's outside the lens of monetization like there's this really beautiful quote by Octavia Butler and Octavia and her relationship to process and practice the way she was writing all the time. There's this incredible quote where she's like, forget inspiration, habit is more dependable. Habit will sustain you whether you're inspired or not. Habit is persistence. Exactly. Habit is persistence in practice. So I think that's really speaking to the way that process is really this act of devotion with one's creativity it's this broader it's this really broader spiritually charged realm and I'm going to say an obvious an obvious statement just to carry us but I believe that every single being on this planet and beyond is creative Mm -hmm. uh we um, well, I actually spoke with someone recently on this podcast who is a visual artist. Uh, her name is Sari Shrike. She's an acrylic and oil painter. And she is actually someone who said that everyone that she's interacted with when she talks about creativity thinks about artist, like visual artist, writer, musician, and leaves out everything else. Hmm. Leaves out botanist, leaves out educator, leaves out community organizer. And I think that's a shame. Hmm. And I wonder how much richer our world could feel if we recognize that creativity lives everywhere. Hmm. Uh, that's the world I want to be in. <laughs> That is the future where I see the most potency. I really feel that because I also really identify as a multimodal. And I also really struggle with it at the same time, just because, you know, even in the beginning of our conversation today, I was saying, I've been thinking of a way to succinctly like describe myself. But even within that, I was cutting out a lot of the different practices and modalities that are a part of my process. So there is a helpfulness to succinctness. And at the same time, it really does beg the question of what's lost within that too. What do you think is lost in succinctness? 
I think what's lost is our capacity to hold fluidity and strangeness and the vastness of how we flow. I feel like there is such a pressure in American culture around creatives and artists and just as really people in American culture to make ourselves digestible, especially in this time we're in with social media, with content creation. I think there's this underlying narrative that we each have to make ourselves into digestible brand narratives. And I think about this because I also head design at a audio social media startup where we're thinking really intentionally about how can we create community between one another? How can we bring our full selves to an online space? But that's all to say again, there really is this underlying narrative in American culture to make yourself digestible and to make yourself digestible to an outside audience. So not necessarily your own individual values, what what individually ignites your spirit, but someone else. So yeah, just that that watery vast strangeness that we all hold i think that's what's lost when digestibility comes into play this podcast is one way not yet is building a community around purposeful living and i'm grateful you chime in for these bi-weekly chats with revolutionary creators but did you know we also have a mindfulness coaching program This eight-week Purpose Exploration Sprint is for you if you're ready to lean into your identity as a creative person. You'll meet with me one-on-one, building a framework for you to naturally show up for yourself and your community. And it's 100% curated to you, building on journaling, breathwork, and connection practices that resonate with your goals. Do you want to feel supported by the life you've built? We'll recognize and elevate the experiences where you feel aligned and inspired so you can build your life around them with intention. I want to work with you. So visit notyetseries.com to join the mindfulness coaching waitlist. And you'll be the first to know when enrollment opens for spring 2023. Now let's get back to the show. The challenge I'm having is we're talking about something that is incredibly abstract by default, right? We're talking about creativity, Mm -hmm. which can exist in your body with how you use it. It can exist with um, how you form bonds with other humans. Mm -hmm. It can exist with how you perceive the world around you. Um, And the focus, theoretically, is we're talking about where rest and perspective sit in that Mm -hmm. abstract space. And I think it would be helpful for us to draw on specifics to ground us a bit. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, excellent. Uh, So yeah, let's actually speak to the internet. (laughs) Let's (laughs) speak to the internet because you were just there. Um, You were talking about the social media startup that you work at uh, where you are uh, thinking about design. Um, can you tell me more about what you mean by design? Like, is it the graphic design or like design of the space, et cetera? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I head design at Somewhere Good, which means that I'm looking at all aspects of our visual system across the brand and graphic design, but also in the UI, which is in the design of the app itself. And alongside all of that, something that is really unique about Somewhere Good is that we have a physical location located in Brooklyn, New York, that our app users can use to rest, play, connect with one another. So there's also this IRL design aspect as well. Um, we have folks on our team that are more focused on the IRL design. So my perspective is mostly on that UI and graphic design. I hear how the rest has been designed into the physical space. How have you been thinking about designing rest in an online world? Yeah. So with that, I want to start with thinking about how the social media apps that we often use, like the big ones, let's think of TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, they have designs that really incentivize speed and quickness and digestibility. So an example of that is that most of the feeds that you're scrolling online are endless feeds. All you got to do is keep swiping up and there will always be something for you to see, to interact with. There's no end to it. In a way, it's like an information highway. So your brain is getting zapped by notifications and by new information, new posts to interact with. It really is moving at a quick pace. So with the design of Somewhere Good, I was really thinking about what can a slow tech experience feel like? What would it mean to design around a slow experience? So in a tangible example, Somewhere Good doesn't have an endless feed. There is a screen that allows for 24 people to respond to a conversation prompt. And once it hits 24, that's it. There's no more scrolling that you can go through. So that may seem like a very small thing, but it is very powerful to be able to break away from this endless scrolling and instead have your mind set onto this one space. So that's one example of what slowness can look like within that kind of space. I do like this. I do like this idea of having a cap. <laughs> uh, because even in the natural world, you know, like, there are laws of physics. There is so much, like, if I'm standing on uh, a table, I don't know why I'd be standing on a table, but if I'm standing on a table, there's a weight limit to how much can go on that table for the table breaks. But in a lot of our digital design, the table is limitless, which is fantastic if you want to store a lot of information, but 
it gets me thinking about what is our goal? What is our goal for gathering? What is our goal for connecting? Is it to just have Mm. excess? Is it to have information for the sake of it? Or is it to use that information to transmute it into something supportive for us? Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that because I think a lot about how community as a term is used very popularly and at the same time I'm like what do you mean when you are using that word like I feel like a lot of us are walking around with very different ideas of what community means which is an idea that actually was proved because I once asked an audience of mine to define community and we all shared those definitions and they were so vast some were so ephemeral in a way community can be somebody that you walk past the street and wave for others it was more of a sustained commitment so you are in a ongoing relationship with a group of people So that's all to say, there's so many different meanings of what community can look like. Um, So I appreciate the space given to really think about what do the words that we're using actually mean and where does it come into play when we're all aligning on that definition? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Always. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I will always talk about the word community. I go in and out of it often. Actually, um, I took a values workshop over the weekend, just sort of to reassess where I am and where I'm going and what is important to me. And one of my values used to be community. And it no longer is because my definition is so ephemeral. Mm. In the introduction of this podcast, I share that you're in the right place if you believe in the world that you haven't yet seen. And I'm trying to help people support themselves and their community simultaneously. And I still think that that word community fits there because of the, how do I, how do I change this? How do I change the grammar of this? The ephemerality, (laughs) that feels right. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. The ephemerality of the word, um, makes it so it's applicable in different situations. Like I want people to be able to use this work to think about how how they're talking to themselves, how they're talking to their best friend, how they're talking to their colleagues, how they're talking to the trees outside. Um, Mm. And I, to loop it all back, (laughs) I see that as creative work too. I see the way that we are interacting with ourselves as one another to be a constant process of recognition, of hope, of opportunity, of holding potential, of alchemizing a concept into the tangible world. Mm. Um, And it's just fun to be in the clouds with you, Annika. same <laughs> like the view is great I'm having a great time <laughs> uh well to go back to um 
rest and perspective. You mentioned the example of having the 24 comment limit on somewhere good as an opportunity for us to think critically online about when to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, using, we can keep with the summer good example. How do you know you as in you, but more abstractly, it's proverbial you. Um, how do you know when it is time to move when you've had the rest? Mm. This is such an interesting question to me just because I'm actually gonna step away from somewhere good um but to me this is so interesting because rest is just an it cannot be divided from the creative process for me in a way like I feel like When I think about rest, there have been so many people that have impacted the way that I have have depended on it in my life. And there have been so many people that have changed the way that I understand rest because I'm absolutely a workaholic in recovery, like absolutely someone that has really had to spend time with thinking about how much of my creativity is dependent on productivity, how much of the times when I've been like, I am doing a great job being in relationship with creativity has been because that's the time that I'm producing the most, you know? And I feel like two people that really come to mind that have impacted the way that I think about rest are Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, who's a Black internal medicine physician and also someone that researches burnout. And she developed seven types of rest. And she notes that when we think about rest, you can also think about the rest that we need for our physical selves, our mental rest, sensory rest, creative rest, emotional rest, social rest, and spiritual rest. And for me, that was just a really incredible framework because I think I really had to sit with what is rest for me? Like, what does that actually mean at the end of the day? When I first was really exploring the role of rest in my life, I thought a lot about the physical part of rest. I was like, okay, to not be in movement, to to chill out, like watch Netflix, like not be in constant motion. And it was really expansive for me to think about what rest can look like in a creative sense, in a sensory sense, in an emotional sense, in a sense that is just more expanded upon. Because I realized that Creative rest for me looked like putting myself in scenarios where I could be inspired. So creative rest for me was going to a gallery exhibit of an artist that I really loved because that was nurturing my creative self. And that may be thought of as different from physical rest. And it is to me, physical rest 
looks a very different way than my creative rest, but it was really, it was really moving to be able to see like, okay, there are different ways that I actually need to nourish myself um, in this way. And now I'm realizing (laughs) that I think I got disconnected from your original question because I just was thinking about the people that have really taught me about rest. So do you think you could repeat it for me? Yes, I will go back and repeat it because I have it. Um, But I do want to, before we go there, um, you brought up the word nurturing a couple of times. Mm. And I have never made the connection that rest is nurturing until this moment. So I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for that. Um, the, uh, the question um, was, when do you know that it's time to move after mm. the rest, after the perspective? Mm. That actually ties into nurturance to me. Like for me, my definition of rest is what allows me to feel, to feel nurtured. What fills my cup? So for me, when I feel like I'm in a place where I feel rested, nurtured, filled, that gives me the energy to move, gives me the energy to execute. And I also want to be careful with that as well. The other person that has completely changed the way that I think about rest is Trisha Hersey, who's the founder of the Nap Ministry. She just put out an incredible book called Rest is Resistance. And she notes in there that we are not resting to be productive. We are resting simply because it is our divine right to do so. So when I think about the relationship between resting and moving, I'm not necessarily resting so that I now have the energy to move. It's more so a relationship of, I don't know, now that I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm, (laughs) what is the difference between those two things? It just feels like, um, I guess moving not to be productive, but moving because alchemy of my creative spirit nurtures me, if that makes sense. And I can think about that and repeat it in a different way. It makes sense. It makes sense. And I wonder how much your, my, our relationship to creativity would shift if the beginning and the end started at rest. Mm. Ooh, that is yeah that is the future that I want to be in and I think that is where my rest practices are really <laughs> hoping to move towards with practice man it's um uh this is bringing me back to what I mentioned earlier how I was doing my values ah I forgot I was going on a train I I forgot to finish it um I was talking about (laughs) the values that I was reassessing this weekend and instead of community I ended up landing on self-nourishing because I was thinking about my past self, my present self, my chosen self, and the future. Um, And that's a framework 
I didn't make up. I didn't make that framework up. That was from Rachel Cargill. So thanks, Rachel. Um, <laughs> and, and I realized that I have craved and continue to crave spaces where I feel valued, where I feel cherished, mm. where I feel nourished. And I have often looked externally for someone else or something else to provide that nourishment within me, or I would only go to spaces where I would feel it. And then I would actively avoid spaces where I did not feel it, which works for a moment until you realize you can't control anything. Mm. And so I shifted community um, to self-nourishing because I like to imagine We'll see. I'll let you know how this exercise goes because I just <laughs> I just changed the value. But I would like to imagine that when I prioritize nourishing myself, that the universe corroborates. Mm. I like to think similarly, actually, that like <laughs> the universe is on my side to rest. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Um, and I also want to lift up that I'm so incredibly grateful for this moment um, and that we are speaking about rest today. Um, we're speaking about perspective and the self-awareness to know when it's time to get up. Um, mm. Because over the last few weeks, well, really since the top of 2023, I... Um, you know, everyone, I feel like everyone on the internet was like, wow, my new year's so slow. It's a vibe. And I'm like, I'm jealous because that was not my new year. Um, mm. My, I've had this idea of what my new year would look like since fall of 2022. Because um, mm. in the Not Yet Community Healing Project, we've been planning for a spring something. We didn't know what we were going to do. But we knew we were going to do something in the spring and it was going to be magical. Um mm. And we landed on putting together an event series, uh, an event series called the Reimagining Series, where we reimagine the next chapter of our cultural reality and in-person mm. events in Durham, North Carolina, in New York City, and Los Angeles, and also online because we do live on the digital age. Uh, <laughs> and I have just been hauling to make that concept at least a little bit material mm. so that the people that I will need, because I will need people, <laughs> the people that I will need to bring it to life will have a firm understanding of, or at least a firmish understanding, gotta leave some room for God, but a firmish understanding of what it is we're bringing to life. And I have put an enormous pressure on myself mm. to be the thing that transmutes this concept into being um out of service out of the service to others out of it's like a personal devotion to myself and my own ideas um and though it's been really beautiful I can feel I can feel I feel tired and mm -hmm. it's not my body I mean it is my body a little <laughs> it is my body mm -hmm. but it's not just my body and um this feels like a this feels like a very intentional universal siren <laughs> <laughs> a calling in 
<laughs> a calling in for sure of like, hey, you sure? <laughs> you sure you want to do all that? Um, because the answer is I am not that sure. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I want to let go of this idea that things will only happen if I do them. Hmm. Hmm. Because we're on this giant rock hurling through space, right? Like, yes. Hurling. Like, there's so <laughs> much going on. There is so much going on that I have nothing to do with. The sun comes yes. every day, mm-hmm. rises in the east, sets in the west. There's water that falls from the sky. There are plants that grow from the ground that have nothing to do with me. So what makes me think that this event series is do or die without me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really, I really relate. (laughs) I really feel that. It can really feel like time will stop. The sun will stop rising and falling if I don't get a certain thing done or if I don't take on, if I don't take on this labor and I think about how much of that is politicized as well, just as a black person and the way that labor, labor is put on to black people. But yeah, I absolutely feel the same things where it's like okay I get into my highway lane and then everything else just goes (laughs) all my perspective all my grounding can really just get completely limited um so yeah I just really relate well thanks for the call in thanks for the moment of connection (laughs) um and with that in mind uh Can you share one practice that's helping you discover who you are? Mm, I would say creating in whatever small way, just for my own gaze and for nobody else. I have been in the morning when I wake up. I've really been thinking about like the time that we wake up, like those first seconds, those first minutes as such a potent and sensitive space. Like you're arriving from like this dream portal somewhere else. And I'm going from that and immediately grabbing my phone, like going to Instagram or like just like scrolling and I'm like oh I feel like a potent energy is just really being um (laughs) not nurtured so something that I've been doing is I have a notebook and I've been waking up and I've just been drawing a dumb little picture or like one (laughs) line like I know that there are practices where it's like morning pages and you fill up like three pages in a journal and anyone is doing that like shout out to you that's amazing that was not sustainable for me like I just I couldn't do it (laughs) I got tired and annoyed and burned out but like making it like something very small and silly and low stakes that has really been some inner child healing work like just like something that's playful something that is like 
centered in ease, you know, like, so really just opening my notebook first thing and just splatting (laughs) whatever words or silly picture or whatever comes to mind has been really grounding. Oh, yes to ease. Yes to silly and low stakes. I want more of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so wonderful. Oh, yes. My heart is just like, ah. Ah, It feels so good. Uh, can you shout out what you're building right now and where the not yet community can find you on the internet yes so right now I am building a second edition of my book tenderness which will be out this spring and summer and you can find me on socials at Annika Izora, and you can tune into my writing on my Substack newsletter. Annika is dreaming. Annika does be dreaming, y'all. <laughs> Daily, every day, constantly. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olgeen and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community.